Hello, my name is Pauline Ndigua. I've been coming to Holy Trinity since I came as a student in 1985 and I belong to Thrive MSc and I work as a speech and language therapist for um, people with learning disabilities. Today we're looking at Luke 23 verses 1 to 12 and in this passage we see Jesus continuing his journey towards the cross and here being taken by the crowd to Pilate and then Pilate sending him on to Herod. So I'll read the passage now. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted, he stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learnt that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because he, for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing him in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. All the people in today's passage have seen Jesus' ministry and have heard of his teaching. And we see here displayed a whole range of different responses to the person of Jesus. The religious leaders wanted rid of Jesus. They'd had enough of his teaching. They were jealous and threatened by the excitement and enthusiasm that they had seen in the people as they listened to Jesus. Their equilibrium had been rocked. They wanted him gone so things could return to normal. They knew that Pilate would be unconcerned with the accusation of blasphemy, so they therefore bring three false accusations against Jesus. Firstly, that he was subverting the nation. He was a revolutionary. Secondly, that he was inciting the people not to pay their taxes, so opposing the Roman rule. And thirdly, that he was claiming to be a king in opposition to the reign of Caesar. When Pilate does not seem to see the seriousness of these claims, then they up the ante even further and accuse him of being the leader of an insurrection, stirring up the people. Pilate's initial response seems dismissive. Jesus did not look regal or majestic. He didn't look like he could really threaten the rule of, say, of Caesar. Pilate didn't really see that there was a real risk here, nothing that he needed to trouble himself with. So his response is probably sarcastic or ironic when he asks, are you the king of the Jews? He does not really feel that Jesus warrants much of a response. And so he just says that he finds no fault in Jesus. 
but he wants to play it safe. He wants to uh, stay not uh, causing trouble and he doesn't want to stick his neck out and be the one to make a decision. So he's very pleased when he can send him off to Herod when he discovers that he's actually under Herod's jurisdiction because he's from Galilee. Herod's initial response seems to be more positive towards Jesus. He's greatly pleased because he's uh, been waiting a long time and wanting to see him and he'd heard a lot about him. But we soon see that Herod's only interest was to be amused and entertained. He didn't want to take Jesus seriously. He didn't really want to listen to what Jesus wanted to say. He just wanted to see a miracle um, and uh, see what Jesus could do for him. So that, um, wanting Jesus to prove himself. Um, it reminds me of the, the scene from Jesus Christ Superstar when Herod says, prove to me that you're no fool, walk across my swimming pool. And Herod just wants to impress his friends by having a, a spectacular guest. We can see that Herod's not a sincere seeker. As Spurgeon says, there was left to Herod no feeling towards Jesus, but the craving after something new, the desire to be astonished, the wish to be amused. And when Jesus does not respond as he wants him to, Herod resorts to ridiculing and mocking Jesus. He shows what he really thinks of Jesus, because when Jesus refuses to entertain him, Herod, Herod starts entertaining himself by mistreating Jesus. He also incites his soldiers so that together they all make fun of Jesus, humiliating him, no doubt bigging each other up in the process. And at the end of the passage, we see that Herod and Pilate become friends on this day, previously not having been able to find any common ground. They now join forces in their opposition against Jesus. When we share the good news of Jesus with others, we may experience any one of these responses. People may feel threatened and challenged. They may not want to think about what it means to follow Jesus or what changes it might mean to the way that they live. They may make accusations against Jesus or against us as his followers, accusing us of being killjoys or out of date or intolerant or many other things. They may be dismissive of Jesus, seeing that he's irrelevant to today's society. They may just want Jesus on their own terms for what they can get out of him. Or they may just make, make fun of us. They may just mock. And how should we respond in the face of these reactions? Well, if we look to Jesus, we can see that he said nothing. Just the calm and very minimal response. You have said so. Now, I don't mean that we are always meant to say nothing. Indeed, 1 Peter 3.15 encourages us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. However, I do think that Jesus' example here shows us how to avoid being dragged into arguments for argument's sake. When those we are talking to are not genuinely interested in finding out more about Jesus, but are wanting to make fun or show us up, maybe in front of their friends, and where the danger is that we can feel compelled to get into an argument and to want 
to have a great answer or come up with a really good response. And that um, can be more what we're trying to do in trying to win the argument. But I feel here that what Jesus is demonstrating to us, that it's much more important to demonstrate patience and graciousness rather than to win the argument. I've found many times that I think people are looking more to how I respond than to what I actually say. I have a very good friend for a, who for a long, long time asked many, many questions about my faith. She admits now that she did try to trip me up, that she would see it as scoring points if she found such a difficult question that I couldn't come up with an answer. But after many years, when she had given her life to Jesus, and we talked about that time and reflected on our conversations, I wanted to know what it was that I'd said that had convinced her to follow Jesus. And she said, it wasn't your answers. It was that you never lost patience with all my questions. And I often try and remember that when talking to people about my faith. I don't always have to have the answers, but I can demonstrate God's love through how I respond. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we follow your call to share your good news with those around us, we know that we may get many different responses. We pray that we will look to you to lead us in our response. Send your Holy Spirit to help us to respond in love, patience, kindness and self-control. As we have conversations today, help us to know that you are right there with us and help us to be bold and confident in the hope we have in you.